Supper's ready. It's a uh, Dippa, a double IPA from a brewing company somewhere in the world. Right. Devil's Purse. South Dennis, Massachusetts. And this is Craig, and I am drinking a Haze uh, by Treehouse Brewing Company. Thank you, Corey, for this. Uh, my pleasure, Craig. Today, I will be enjoying... Uh, I'm not exactly sure what it's called. Maybe called a Pepperell. It's a German-style Pilsner out of Banded Brewing Company up in uh, good old Biddeford, Maine. Scott here, drinking a little focal banger from uh, the same brewery I had the other podcast, The Alchemist in Vermont. And we are Top Shelf Fantasy. It's October 25th. This is our 33rd podcast. Um, come listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Google Play, or on our website at topshelffantasy.com. Our Twitter and Instagram handle is at topshelffntsy. And how are we doing today? Absolutely wonderful. Can't, can't wait for two hours from now, and I'm absolutely pissed drunk, and I have to wake up at... Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> You'll see what we're doing we next podcast. said it podcast. on Twitter. It's the pancake oh, breakfast. I would just say it on Twitter, yeah. <laughs> These are for our non-Twitter followers that I don't know how to follow us if we don't. Oh, no, anyways. Okay, um, I don't sorry. know if you know about yep. us if you don't have Twitter. Go on. <laughs> I've had my head down programming all day, so. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, again, uh, we'll, 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 have, we'll have some fun later on. You'll get to that next podcast. I'm sure we'll reference it a few other times. But um, I'm also working. Power hour. Uh, at, at four four in the morning tomorrow, so I will be going in drunk. Um, hopefully, my employers do not <laughs> listen to this. Gonna listen to this. Don't do what. Well, at least don't do what Craig does here. Don't do what we do here. But <laughs> Craig's gonna go uh, tell his boss, "Hey, I do the sweet uh, fantasy football podcast. Check, out the podcast. Totally check it out." Except uh, not sir, that one you're, episode. You're fired. Hey, by the way, you're you're, you're uh, paying me time and a half. Too. <laughs> yeah, don't don't worry. He doesn't listen. To, he hates fantasy football, so it's it's all good. Well, I hate him. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, enough with the boss it, yeah. and the drunks. <laughs> hop into some injuries here. Yeah, Tom. Yeah. Uh, Tyrell, foot. He practiced, so it sounds like he's likely to play. MVS. He's got an ankle. Sounds like he's likely to play. Sammy Watkins. I, I'm pretty sure he's lying to us, but he's likely to play with a hamstring injury. Rex Burkhead has a foot, so my dart throw, Damian Harris, uh, isn't a dart throw this week. That's likely to play us. Yeah, and uh, so we're going to go into the questionable Christian Kirk ankle is still limited. Uh, last week, the coach said that he would have to be full and uh, you know 100% in order to play, but it does look like he's trending in that direction. David Johnson, ankle back. Uh, did not pl- practice again this week. Uh, he's actually likely out with all the signings uh, in Arizona. Then Alvin Kamara's high ankle sprain has kept him limited in practice, and he's still up in the air. Drew Brees with his thumb surgery is going to test at game time and see what happens there. Uh, Jack Doyle, a tight end over in Indianapolis, is uh, likely questionable with a groin injury. Matt Ryan, his ankle from... Last week's game, he's going to be questionable. They're going to test that game time. D.D. Westbrook with his shoulder did not practice all week. However, as Scott mentioned to me earlier, uh, he did this last week, and he still ended up playing. So he's questionable. And then Josh Jacobs, a big one uh, that came up this week after the game, has a shoulder situation where apparently he has to get shot up in order to play. So that's going to be interesting to see. He's definitely not going to practice all week. But Gruden was pretty vocal that, you know, a little little, uh, little bit of happy juice in the shoulder and he'll be able to play. So we'll see about that. <laughs> a little happy juice. All right, uh, hopping into the doubtfuls. We got Devontae Adams again. Um, super doubtful with that toe. He did mention he's feeling a lot better, but he's not going to rush it back. He's not going to get out there too early, which is what you want to see from a high-caliber uh, wide receiver like that. You right. got... <laughs> Yeah. You sure? I mean, you like him to like him to be on the you field. You like him to play, but you like him to get back on the field and uh, you know not not pulling Amari Cooper on you with two plays and out. Uh, Chris Herndon, sure we got uh, super doubtful with a hamstring again. He missed last week. He's looking uh, to miss this week as well. Keenan Allen is actually just showed up on the injury report and he's doubtful. 
Um, at best, he's going to be limited. They've already come out and say even if he's out there, he's going to be limited. So that's interesting. Um, you know, see if that comes to fruition or not. Will Fuller, uh, shockingly doubtful with the hamstring. I thought he would probably be out, but <laughs> straight up out. Um, yeah. So you know, keep an eye on that. Yeah, I think he probably trends in a negative direction. So and then Sterling Shepard showing uh, doubtful with the concussion. Again, no reason for him to rush back. He's already had two concussions on the season. I don't think he's going to push it with uh, getting that third one. So we'll see what happens. All right, I'll get into the players that are officially out so far. Um, we've got Jared Cook. Once again, he's out with an ankle. A.J. Green for the eighth week in a row is out again. Um, Pat Mahomes, he was officially ruled out. I think we kind of knew that he would be, but there was some promising signs that he'd practice, but uh, he's out. Ito Smith, concussion, got card off the field last week, neck injury. He is out. Deshaun Jackson, once again, um, Craig has here. Everything on his body is hurt, so he is out <laughs> once again. I don't really know what's wrong, so <laughs> I just put everything. Uh, this came up late in the week. O.J. Howard, um, I mean, it's probably a good thing for anyone that was starting him, so they can actually <laughs> drop him now, uh, which was me in a, a couple of weeks. <laughs> so, and Delaney Walkie, uh, late um, addition too. I mean, not late, but he was limited, but uh, he's out. And that's done with the injuries. We hop right into the buy low, sell high. Yep. Sounds good. All right, Tom, you want to start us off? Yeah, so uh, my buy low uh, is in a position that likely uh, you're starting Jack Doyle or like Mo Cox or something random. Um, Zach Ertz, the Philadelphia offense has just been meh. Deshaun Jackson hasn't been on the field. I know Dallas Garter looks good. Um, but when we talk about regression and kind of moving back towards the mean, Zach Ertz has had a down year, but he's a he's an extremely talented tight end. Um, he was ranked within many people's top three tight ends going into the season, uh, and he's had probably three, four weeks in a row now where he's underperformed. The Eagles offense doesn't look good. If you can go and get Zach Ertz um, – for cheap, I mean, I would, I certainly wouldn't pay for Zach Ertz what he was at the beginning of the year, um, like what his draft capital was, third, fourth, fifth round. Um, but if you can trade a Zach Ertz um, for like a Marvin Jones, um, who, who I would go ahead and do that, especially in in a position that's just like desolate. Well, Marvin Jones is one of our uh, yeah, highs. I didn't want to get, I didn't want to yeah, give yeah, away. I, I'm, but, I'm just looking oh, at a couple that of kind guys. of player. Um, right. Yeah. Terrible at teasing. <laughs> oh, sorry. Hey, you get away with the power. Actually, no, I did. <laughs> sorry. You put it on Twitter. My bad. I hate surprises. <laughs> I actually don't. I love surprises. But. You're not even human. <laughs> Who's your sell high? Are we just doing buy lows first? Yeah, buy yeah, low. I figured we Scott, all just run through our buy lows. You want my sell high, too? No. I got all right. it. All right. My uh, buy low is Keenan <laughs> Allen. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got like a little fan. Like, what the? <laughs> Um, <laughs> ooh, Surprise. Hit me hard. Okay. Um, Keenan Allen, once again, <laughs> he's my buy low. Um, he's coming off, I think, now four straight weeks with below 10 points. And we didn't practice on Friday. I mean, we already said he's doubtful. If he plays, it's limited. So I think even right now, you can get him for even lower than he was two days ago. Because whoever has him is already pissed off. He's not producing like he was to start the year. He's going to be either out or not. You can't play him this week regardless. So they are going to want to, you know, just get rid of this guy. If you can buy him low for like a flex guy, I don't I mean, I throw out Carlos Hyde. It's probably not going to happen. But you do Carlos Hyde, you pair him with someone else like, I don't know, a flex wide receiver. Well, um, you could probably take like a Tyler Boyd who's got that misconception of being this like top tier receiver. Top tier receiver. Like, yeah. And he's been just mediocre, really. Um, you think that you'd be able? Oh, to I'll take do that. Him. And, and I, I would, I would rather have Keenan Allen, right? So, yep. Yeah, and so my buy low this week is Melvin Gordon, and you're gonna be crazy. You're gonna think I'm crazy for saying this after it looks like he completely lost his job this past week. However, um, this is probably the lowest you're ever going to see Melvin Gordon in his entire career. Um, he obviously, if you were to tell me that when Melvin Gordon came back from his injury, he was actually going to have less fantasy value than when he, excuse me, not his injury, his holdout, 
uh, than when he was actually holding out, then I would have thought that you were crazy. But as it seems, that's exactly what it is. So he's his value is super low right now. And when you have the potential of getting a possible top 10 running back in talent, obviously it hasn't shown up this year at all, uh, that risk is definitely worth the reward if, you know, if, if he does actually hit. And I think that you'd be able to give up something not as big as you would normally have to to get a player of the caliber of Gordon. And the other thing that is really important to note is that one of the top five left tackles in all of the NFL is coming back this week, and that's Russell Okung. He was out because of a pulmonary embolism, and now he's finally going to be able to practice. Granted, they did lose a guard. I believe it was like Forrest Lamp or something like that. Um, last week or the week before, but one of the rookie slash new coming centers that they plugged in actually looked to play better than the other uh, guard that they had lost. So they moved moved some things around on the offensive line. Looks like a, a new piece stepped up and that everyone likes. So the offensive line looks like it might have fixed itself. And with Gordon's value as low as it possibly is now, this could be the week to get him before you know anything could anything could happen and Chicago's defense has definitely been susceptible to the run this year. Would you trade a Calvin Ridley for a Melvin Gordon right now? Probably not because I think Calvin Ridley's value just went up a lot. Yeah. Uh, with Sanu being traded. However, so I'm, I have Philip Lindsay and I, in a dynasty league tried to get Melvin Gordon. Now, granted the deal didn't get done and the guy didn't want him. But at the same point, when you're actually comparing a possibility of a guy offering Philip Lindsay for a Melvin Gordon and thinking it might even be a close deal. That's the type that's of deal that I'm yeah. uh, that's saying something. Because uh, Philip Lindsay should have no business being compared to Melvin Gordon. No. Would you attempt to try to sell like a Corey Davis for Melvin Gordon at this point, coming off his hot week? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. You would do that on both sides. I would think I would I absolutely do that on both sides. Depending, depending on the needs of your team, of course. Yeah, I would definitely do that. And and I would think too that with my sell high um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get into that in a little bit, but I think that I could probably trade the sell high of Sony Michelle for Melvin Gordon and I'd feel okay about it. A positional yeah. for positional trade though. It's, that's it. That's the tough. only thing. I mean, you're moving lateral, but that he's point. saying that that type of like, yeah, right, I mean, right. Sony again, Michelle like and Melvin Gordon are around, the same tier. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And again, absolutely. that gets you into a, into a regression conversation. You're hoping for Melvin Gordon positive regression to his mean across his career. And then Sony Michelle actually has been pretty good his throughout his career, but you're hoping for just some negative for regression. Too though, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, so I'm oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and move on here into my buy low. Um, this is I don't know if I've used him before. I don't think I have because I try to avoid that. But Odell Beckham Jr. is my buy low of the week. Um, it kind of goes with what Craig was saying about Melvin Gordon, just in the in the fact that this is as low as you're gonna be able to get him, and that's kind of what a buy low is to me. He still has the name of Odell Beckham. You can still sell him on name, but and, and quite honestly, the people in your league might say, "No, I don't want to trade him to you because of his name and who he is." But when you look purely at his stats, he is currently ranked outside the top thirty wide receivers in the league. He's not performed to expectations, especially uh, based on the draft capital that owners would have spent on him. I mean, he was a, a round one, maybe round two at the latest pick in almost every single league. This week, he's got a tough matchup against New England that has just been lights out on defense. This might be the week that a reluctant Odell owner is willing to move on from him if you come with the right price. However, I think that that price is at an all-time low. I'm not sure exactly who you might be able to pull for him. I don't know if my co-hosts here have some other ideas, um, but I think right now is probably your best chance at getting Odell at a discount. Yeah, I mean, I think with Odell... Like when you go after these buy lows, it, it it's it's when you're when you're the person going after them, you're in a tricky situation because do you do a one for one, which means you're trading equal value for equal value, and you if I'm the Odell Beckham owner, I'm not going to sell him low. Like some of these guys are high value guys, so you have to find the owner in in a right deal that makes both team work. So like I would approach Odell as a two for one almost and say, listen. You're or or if that owner's really hurting at running back, I think. I don't know. I for me it's tough. Like you can't do a same value wide receiver for a same value wide receiver. It, it's lateral move doesn't make sense. And any running back that's equivalent to Odell Beckham, 
I'd rather have the running back. You know what I mean? Like, so that's where I'm stuck. I mean, could you do a Zach Ertz for an Odell Beckham? Like, yeah. So I might try to do could. like oh, that's uh, two, like either like a Peyton Barber right. or Ronald Jones you know, substitute, whichever one, plus like a Michael Gallup. Right, and that's what I was going to say. Yeah. If you do a package, yeah. I yeah. think you can yeah, get away. I think with it's, it's got to be a but wide receiver they get back and a running back or a middle tier tight end they get back because they need that more. Yeah. Or if you can find somebody that has faith in a particular player on your roster, if somebody still believes in Joe Mixon for some reason, you can swap by Lowe's. <laughs> Corey. That, that, would, <laughs> yeah. that would actually be a pretty good trade. Yeah, I would they do, exist out there. If I had Joe Mixon, I would sell him for uh, Odell, you know, at this point, for sure. That's, I'd, I'd yeah, sell Joe Mixon tank. for anything, but that's just yeah. me, and I've been yeah, pounding I mean, that table all year. Yeah, it's that's it's a it's a rough life out there for us Joe Mixon truthers. <laughs> all right, Corey, I'm getting you to your uh, sell high. Yeah, I'll head over to my sell high, which is a little bit easier. Uh, Marvin Jones from the Detroit Lions, huge game last week, propelled him up to wide receiver 16 on the year. Um, I think it's wide receiver 16. Don't quote me on that, but he's up there. Uh, consistency has been an issue for him this season. Uh, Stafford has a lot of other options there, specifically Kenny Galladay. He's got some favorable matchups the next couple weeks. Wide receiver 11. Okay, wide receiver 11. So he got even higher off that huge blowout performance. But like I was saying, um, favorable matchups the next couple weeks with the Giants and Oakland. After that, he goes to Chicago, Dallas, Washington, who actually looked pretty decent last night against the um, the Vikings. I mean, minus a few plays to digs there. Uh, then Chicago and then Minnesota. So... Um, rough stretch for a team that might have to strictly rely on the passing attack with Carrion Johnson just going out for looks like for the rest of the season, maybe comes back week 16. But I'd move on from Marvin Jones right now before his value dips. Uh, you might miss out on maybe one or two weeks of production, but if you can sell him high before your league's trade deadline, you might be able to return a, a larger package now than you will at any other point. Would you, because Marvin Jones is a good sell high. Would you take Marvin Jones and take any of the bylaws? Zach Ertz, Keenan Allen, Melvin, or Odell? Yeah, I would. Ugh, I mean, if tough, you're yeah. if you're if you're the owner of our bylaws, would you trade them for Marvin Jones? So if I own Zach Ertz, would I trade him for Marvin Jones? Yeah. No. I might trade Marvin Jones for But if you could take a package of uh, Marvin Jones and like a Ronald Jones or, or something in that area, I mean because basically, with our sell high, what we're saying is they're gonna they're gonna tank, right? I mean, like yeah. you just read yeah. So I might try to sell. I might try to tank, sell Marvin Jones high for like Melvin Gordon if I need running backs because I do have faith that Melvin Gordon's gonna have some some upside down the road here. Um, I would not sell Marvin Jones for Keenan Allen just because I've been disappointed. and I think he's gonna continue to trend downwards. Um, Zach Hurts is a conversation just with how tight the uh, tight end landscape has been. And then Odell is like what we talked about, kind of like almost an even position for position swap. But I think selling Marvin Jones for Melvin Gordon makes a good amount of sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so my sell high, I had mentioned it before, is Sony Michelle. Reason being is because last week he had three touchdowns and he looked like he had an absolutely fantastic week. How many yards did he get? Uh, So he averaged 2.2 yards per carry. It was 19 attempts for 42 yards. So yeah. he all all he did was was luck out on the goal line. Well, he got hammered on the goal line too. He had like three carries, a bunch of in one yeah. yard. He, he he missed a lot. Yeah, he couldn't he couldn't I get it in. Watching it, I'm like, what, are they just gonna QB sneak it? Like, like where's Brandon Bolden? Nothing. <laughs> like Brandon Bolden's better Brandon on the goal there? line. Where's James White? <laughs> yeah, yeah, James White was one in the beginning of the the. Yeah, okay, all right, well, that's what you were referencing. He was in the beginning of the uh, game. They gave it to him penalty, and then they tried to get in with Sony like 15 times. So anyway, the point is is with uh, Rex Burkhead likely to come back who had more than 50% of the work when they were all healthy on the field at the same time at the beginning of the year, I think even though I don't think Rex Burkhead's going to get more than 50% of the work, he's still going to eat into Sony Michelle's and James White is still going to be there where James White is going to have to be on the field more often now that the Gordon, uh, you know, Injury happened, and Sanu is going to take some time to incorporate. James White's going to be playing outside in the slot, but he's also going to be underneath more schemed passes to the running back, I feel like, and Sony Michelle's not someone that's going to do that. Um, after Cleveland, they have Baltimore, who's a tough matchup, and then Sony Michelle is one of those Week 10 by running backs that is very difficult in bipocalypse. So if you can move him on to the team that you're going to be playing in Week 10 might even be a good good move. 
Sabotage. Yeah, um, and I mean, <laughs> Rex Burkhead, he has looked a lot better than Michelle when he's been on the field. It's just more explosive, better catcher, but I mean... The problem is staying on the field. Staying yeah. on the field, yes, yeah, the biggest thing. And sort of Michelle just has to, you know, lean forward at the time just to get the fantasy points. But um, my so high, I mean, it's Pat Mahomes, and I, I had a lot of trouble finding a sell high this week, so I'm not too confident in this, but... Um, Mainly, I know he's hurt and he could be out. He's out this week. He could be out the next two to three weeks. But people are going to look at Pat Mahomes and still say, this is the QB1 of the season. I don't care if he's going to be out three weeks. I want this guy for my playoffs or whatever. So he hasn't been producing as well as he has in the past. He's QB5 for the season. Um, When he comes back, he's not going to be running nearly as much as he has in the past. So that's going to be a massive hit for him. He's going to be in in the pocket a lot more because they want to keep that ankle healthy if they want to make a run. So it's going to hurt his value. He's he's still going to be good, but if he's QB 8 to finish the year, that's a complete bust in my mind for him. So you can sell him high now and get a guy like, I don't know if you can get Russell Wilson for him now, probably not, but... um, Stafford and maybe a good RB2, I think he could. Yeah, I mean, you could... I I know it's not the sexy picks, but we've been talking about this. And, I mean, two weeks ago, I was saying sell Adrian Peterson and get off of him. Adrian Peterson's gotten massive workloads, uh, and he's looked okay doing it. If you could take Pat Mahomes and, like, you're going to have to get... It's very hard to trade a quarterback... Right. But if you can, I mean, if you can upgrade any of your positional pieces, get rid of him and then get a Stafford or like a Jacoby Brissett, who is easily probably one of my favorite quarterbacks this year right now, just because nobody thought he was going to, well, obviously. But um, yeah, no, I, I I think it's tough to sell quarterbacks. but That's why it was, I don't know. It, right. It's more of a fact that I don't think he's going but, to put the numbers up that he once was or even close to it. Right, and you're right. Like QB eight is a huge bust because you pick QB this guy is like in QB second 16. round, third round. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, my sell high is Jimmy Graham. Um, I'm sticking with the tight ends here. So Jimmy Graham, he's been up and down really kind of all season. He's coming off a pretty decent game. He scored about 14 points or so. Uh, Jimmy Graham's dropped a lot of balls uh, from um, Aaron Rodgers. He's dropped balls in the end zone. Um, but they kind of just have to go to Jimmy Graham just because Devontae Adams isn't on the field. Um, Devontae Adams is, is going to be coming back soon. They still have to hit their bye week. They still have a couple tough matchups ahead. In a landscape of tight ends where it's very bleak, you might have somebody who had O.J. Howard or Delaney Walker, um, Zach Ertz maybe. Um, they're saying, I need another tight end. I'm typically one to say, if I don't have one of the top five tight ends, I'm just going to... I'm just going to treat the position like a wash. Uh, But I think that you could take Jimmy Graham, move on from him, get a lower uh, wide receiver two, wide receiver three, RB two, RB three, uh, and just bolster that position even better. Wide receivers running backs this time of year are so crucially important. And I don't think that Jimmy Graham can, can continue this tight end one type of numbers when Devontae Adams comes back. looks like he's coming back soon. So I would try to move off of Jimmy Graham, try and go and find somebody on the waiver wire, and our tight end start is is probably the the perfect tight end to be looking at this week. I won't give it away. I won't. That's why I, I don't said. Use you doing just it, just buddy. wait for it. Just wait for it. It'll be like another twenty minutes. That's how you tease something. <laughs> so start him, sit him. Start him or sit him. That is the question. Oh, that's and not that's, this segment. We actually know. I'm just flowing segment. into it. So well, I, I, all right, yeah. Oh, I missed that one. Mm. It'll be back next week. We're, we're sorry. <laughs> um, all right. I'll start with my QB start. It's uh, Matthew Stafford. Um, this might be like the last week we can actually put him in as a QB start, um, seeing that he's quarterback four on the year. <laughs> but, I mean, I have we have a player in our one league, me and Tom are in. It's a two-quarterback league, and the person who has Stafford – has never played him once. He's he's his third <laughs> quarterback, and the fact that he's not three trying, weeks at thirty points. So he is Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Stafford. Stafford's his best quarterback, but he's not even he doesn't realize it yet. He doesn't realize he's quarterback. He, looks, he four. sees names. He sees names and and in perception. That, yeah. So my buy low actually. <laughs> um, I, really I mean, now that you, yeah, I, I need some help in that yeah, league. Shut up. <laughs> um, so he's facing the 
Giants, pretty easy defense. You saw what he did last week with Marvin Jones. Amendola's getting even more involved. He's back healthy. Um, no carry on Johnson. They're going to, I think, have to pass it a little more now. Can't rely on the run too much. Uh, I think it's just an easy start. So if he's your quarterback three on your on a two-quarterback league, start him. Don't bench him. Yeah, uh, so my quarterback start is Sam Darnold. Um, he's coming off of a week where he scored you negative points, uh, but he played New England. <laughs> so did he score you a lot of negative points? Like if, negative eight? No, like negative negative, negative 2.6. Well, yeah, well, I got minus two interceptions yeah. in my league. I think that's probably why. So, yeah. so if he gets one point, Tom gets a hit on this. <laughs> um, sure. And listen, Sam Darnold probably could have been a buy low, but again, like QB1 um, – you know, leagues where you're only starting one quarterback, you're not actively going after Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold gets the Jets. He's got Miami twice. He's got New York. He's got Washington, Oakland. I mean, he plays a lot of below 500 teams. I mean, these are going to be the top five teams picking in 2020. Um, and Sam Darnold's a good quarterback. He's got a good running back. Uh, he loves Jamison Crowder. So if you dropped him, I'm sorry. Um, but Jamison Crowder, Robbie Anderson, Herndon should be coming back. Sam Darnold's a legit NFL quarterback. It's just that New England's a lot better than Sam Darnold is, um, and he looked atrocious. But he's a start of the week for me. Um, there's going to be other guys on here that I would feel comfortable starting Sam Darnold over. Yeah, for sure. Indu- um. Indubitably. <laughs> um, well, mine is <clears throat> Josh Allen. And this week, he's playing Philadelphia, who is probably one of the worst, uh, or not probably, they are one of the worst defenses against the pass this year. Um, John Brown has been absolutely on fire, uh, and he is someone that's going to be able to burn it deep, and that is exactly what Philadelphia is susceptible to. So they are going to be doing that quite a bit. Um, Cole Beasley is going to take some underneath stuff and there's really not going to be much of a running game in this one because Philadelphia is really good against that. So there's going to be, I don't want to say a one dimensional game plan because there is going to have to be runs. Um, I actually think that there may be some passes out of the backfield. At least they're going to try more of that, uh, with Singletary coming in this week. And I think Josh Allen's really just in for another big day. He's been, you know, getting around 20 points in fantasy each week, in and out. So he's definitely someone you can rely on. And I'm going to go ahead and say that this is his first game this season that he's going to get 300 passing yards. So I'm going to go ahead and take that to the bank on Josh Allen. (laughs) Take it to the bank, baby. (laughs) Solid. Um, So moving on to my quarterback start of the week, I've got Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, You can disregard this advice right away if Drew Brees does, in fact, decide to play. Um, (laughs) Noted. but yeah, but uh, if he, if Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback, he is in you know in shape That's for a nice matchup against the uh, Cardinals this week. This oh, is how you luck into Drew Brees as your starter of the week, <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, but over under for this game is forty eight and a half. I would expect. I mean, I would I expected it to be a lot higher than that. So um, you're looking at a lot of space for receivers to move around out there. Teddy's been effective in every single start he's had uh, in in replacing or replacing Drew Brees. So. Look for that trend to continue. He's got plenty of weapons out there, and if uh, Alvin Kamara is also a go, you should look for even more space for Michael Thomas to have a fantastic game. Jared Cook has been getting uh, involved in the pass attack, especially towards the end zone, and there's not really any reason we shouldn't see this continue. Pretty easy start of the week for me. You want me to get into my uh, sit of the week? Oh, yeah. yeah we'll love to. All right, so my quarterback sit is Matt Ryan. Um, not Again, if he doesn't play, I'm sorry, it's a cop-out. It's looking like he might, though. And he, But the thing is, he's dealing with the ankle injury. He really shouldn't be playing on a team that's 1-6. and six. If he does go out there and push it, I think that's a terrible idea from the coaching staff and maybe even ownership if they're involved in that decision. But in any case, his team just traded away Mohamed Sanu. He's going to be really just working with Julio and uh, Calvin Ridley. He's got one running back in Devontae Freeman, and Ido Smith's not going to play. So they've still got a defense with pretty much no ability to stop the pass. He's going to be out there, but the game should be out of hand shortly, and he might even exit early. I wouldn't be that surprised. Um, I don't really see this being a game that plays out well for Atlanta in really any facet, um, especially they're taking on the Seahawks, who have looked really good in the, against the pass in the last couple of matchups. So best of luck to Matt Ryan if he plays, but he's a sit um, in all formats for me. And my sit is going to be Philip Rivers. And I put this in here before the Keenan Allen news, and the Keenan Allen news just makes it even more of a sit. 
Um, but with it, I was even thinking the fact that Rivers this year has looked even more immobile than you've ever seen him. And with an entirely fast uh, or, or way better uh, pass rushing team in Chicago that, you know, is top three and kind of far away in all, of all other defenses in the NFL, uh, he's not going to really be able to stay in the pocket very long. And, and he's going to have to get it off against a really good defense that, you know, he's not going to have a lot of success, especially with Keenan Allen not there. Um, obviously, it's Chicago, so you're going to say, you know, maybe this is a cop-out. But, uh, you know, Mike Williams is dealing with a little bit of an injury himself, I'm pretty sure. And, you know, with Allen out, again, I don't want to keep running in circles, but the last time that he played against a defense that had a really good pass rush and good corners, which was Denver, he had six fantasy points. So I don't think he's that safe play that you would think, uh, you know, a 15 to 20 point game. I think you're going to get somewhere, um, you know, either single digits to 15. So it's definitely concerning, definitely not to play Rivers this week. Yeah, Scotty's man crush. Sad tear. It's just uh, a week. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's the whole. Should be back, Scotty. right? No, 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 it's the whole. <laughs> season. Back. Uh, my quarterback sit of the week is Carson Wentz. I I don't know what's going on with that team. To be completely honest, I mean they they have to go and play Buffalo. Buffalo's got a legit defense, and they the Eagles looked lost last week against Dallas. So. Um, this is this is honestly the point in the in the season where you start looking at your players and go, am I playing them because of their name and where I drafted them and what I thought they were, name. or am I playing them for what they are? And Carson Wentz is not a starting quarterback right now, so you have to sit him. Yep, and Wentz and Rivers are both my quarterbacks in our two quarterback league. Starting them, I mean, because I have to. Awesome. But I'm playing <laughs> you this week too. I love it. Yeah, but I'm. <laughs> Yeah, my uh, team's terrible. It's bad. So, so the, two and six. It's been a, if there's it's been a, a tough fantasy. If there's year. a week to have the your two starting quarterbacks as two sits here, it's it's the week it's, you play a talk. It's against me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Andrew Luck and Cam Newton are doing me no stop, good. Right stop, stop saying that. That's well, tough. they're they're doing me no good. Hey, so. I, 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 all right, I lost <laughs> my second and third round pick. So all right, here we go. All right, um, J- Jimmy Garoppolo is my sit. Um, no. Mainly because. He, he, he's an obvious sit, I think, for right now. But with their new tray with Emmanuel Sanders, people might get too hyped up. So, you know what? He, he had a bad game last week. The weather was terrible. He has this awesome receiver uh, now. Don't start him. Don't get too excited. I mean, it might work out, but I don't think it's going to be this week. So, that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't know if he has anything had to say about that, but nah, I think you got it. It's not worth the risk for one week. What he's proven to be capable of this season is not worth you trotting him out there and him giving you another, you know, sub, you know, single digit sub ten point game. It's not worth it. Emmanuel Sanders isn't going to transform an offense that runs the ball sixty percent of the times, and that's coming from a guy who really defends Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, so, yeah. um, <laughs> dynasty court. If I've moved on, <laughs> most have. Yeah, it. and um, <laughs> speaking of running the ball more, my RB start. For the same team as Tevin Coleman. And this is what we call a segue. Yes. That was an accidental segue. <laughs> Actually, didn't mean to at all. Um, so, Tevin Coleman's my start. Uh, he's the clear lead back in San Fran. No questions asked. He's just a much better player than Matt Breida is and ever will be. So... I, um, I, I, <laughs> you caught me taking a sip. I know. It's like Scotty's throwing arrows at me and literally oh, nothing to back it up. Matt Breida left the game last week because of an eye injury. Well, he, he obviously has weak eye. eyes. Yeah. And I like so it, it was a very, it was a very soft injury. So if he can't come back from that, I'm just kidding. So last week was kind of a weird game. Weather sucked. Three field goals. I'm pretty sure it was. Um, yep. But te- Tevin so goal line back though, right? Tevin Coleman, <laughs> he is the goal line back. No, Tevin Coleman's a good start. Yeah, Tevin Coleman's the, the goal line back there as well. He's the last three games since he's been back. He's he's as he has averaged eighteen attempts a game. Um, he's had two touchdowns in those three weeks. This is a guy that people still have on their bench, kind of flex play. Should I play this guy? Should I not? He's an every week starter. Um, he, I think, he's a low end. RB2, where Matt Breida is a flex play. I mean, this is a team where you can start both Coleman and Breida, so hell, start both. See what I care. <laughs> and he's going to tell you you're wrong when Breida leaves because, because of an eye injury. No, I mean, here's the thing. It's a, it's a team that's going to run the ball 60% of the time. So they're going to yep. go and run the ball 40 
times, 50 times a game, and Coleman's bound to get, you know, 18 to 22 touches of that. And that's a running back that you want. Uh, my running back, who I hope gets 18 to 22 touches this week, is Chase Edmonds. Um, listen, with or without David Johnson, I'm starting Chase Edmonds. This is not a David Johnson out, start Chase Edmonds. If David Johnson's out, this is an RB1, and this is this is just a cop-out. But this is with David Johnson active and on the field and getting snaps and carries. Chase Edmonds has looked electric. He's looked great. He has transformed how that offense operates in my own personal opinion, watching how that offense plays with Chase Edmonds on the field versus David Johnson is just night and day. It just feels like David Johnson's like this 30-year-old back on the field. Um, And he was only active last week because of, uh, as an emergency, and he was only on the field because Chase Edmonds was puking, I I think is is the only reason. Um, So again, like just more of a reason that Cliff Kingsbury is, is finding reasons to get Chase Edmonds onto the field. They did go ahead and sign... Uh, Alf and Zach Zenner. Z- Zenner's been cut though since, right? Or is Zenner still on? No, he was cut last week from the Saints. Yeah, he's still on. But the- but but he's set, but he gets signed by Arizona this yes. week. Correct. Yeah. So they signed Alf and Zenner for practice reasons, which leads me to believe I think DJ is going to be out. DJ's out. This is a slam dunk. Um, but Alf and Zenner aren't any threat to Chase Edmonds' workload, regardless. Um, so if you got Chase Edmonds, I you got to start him this week. I, I mean, honestly, he can return you top ten, top twelve numbers, um, and you likely got him cheap. And if it, at worst you're getting a flex play, and you're probably playing him as your flex. So. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't drop him, you could play him <laughs> for some. That's, a, that's a different story. <laughs> All right, Craigo. Ty Johnson is my running back start of the week, and I had a lot to say about him on Tuesday's podcast, and I'll continue it now, is that I actually <laughs> really believe in Ty Johnson. Um, the more Back and more I look at him... Not enough to trade um, with me, Craig. I, I tried. <laughs> the believe $51 me. So, man himself. Yeah, okay. So let's take a second to call out Mr. Dow's. <laughs> Eight yeah. bucks tops. That's yeah. all I'm doing. Eight dollars. Eight dollars. Wake up the next day. Who the hell spent 51? What? It's Corey? I'm going to wring his neck. You guys talked me into it on the podcast. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, I, I apparently... Did, I should have kept it in my pants. RB needy teams needed to go Yeah, by. I said, if you need a running back. Yeah, I was Have RB you seen my running back? Spend $51. Seven, it's Tevin Coleman. I think, I, I think my direct quote was, you could go up to like 30, 30. So, so the deal was with... <laughs> eh, plus 20. Bef- before you like really don't take the, the number we gave seriously, though, we in this Red Dog League that we have, this fan fantasy league there's been some absurd payments on on players so if you want them you kind of have to spend up to get them i think adrian peterson last year went for 75 bucks so and and there was strategy behind it one of our friends needed a running back his carry on went down i had to outspend him and then two other people had a hundred dollar fab budget remaining so i figured they wouldn't blow half of their budget at 50 so i bid 51 (laughs) i actually so i was second i bid uh, 45 but oh, really? Yeah, I was oh, wow. second. So I would have gotten him if this schmuck over here told but, me what he was doing. Schmuck or smartest man alive? So so going back to the start, though, like you you shoot you you shot your shot on Ty Johnson. Mm. Well, yeah. So, so you would have play, to start. You're playing him anyway. Or trade him, but yeah. Um, yeah or trade him, but <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't advise dropping 50 to trade. Yeah, so, but. yeah, yeah. He almost traded him to me when we had a, a whole big deal. Um, but anyway... We uh, we go into the fact that he's playing the Giants this week, who are one of the worst against the runs. And the over-under in this game is actually 49.5. Detroit's secondary is absolutely abysmal. So I'm seeing that uh, the Giants are going to be able to put up some points. And the Lions are going to be able to kind of do whatever the heck they want against the Giants' defense. And I think that actually spells pretty good for a running back that's going to be able to work in on the ground and in the air. So I think that you're going to get a lot of work from Ty Johnson in this game. So that's why I have him as running back start. Yep, I like your points there. Um, my yeah, running back have him. Yeah, you could have <laughs> had him, Craig. Uh, so my, my running. <laughs> I don't think I. I don't dogs. think I was gonna be able to get him. <laughs> we were close. Uh, my running back start though of the week is James White. Um, this is a guy that I start nearly every single week. He he doesn't really see my bench. He is a PPR machine. And I kind of just wanted to give him a shout out this week. He's playing the Cleveland defense, who isn't necessarily impressive 
in any regard, and the Pats seem to just be rolling people left and right. So wanted to give him a quick shout-out. He's Such always giving boy. Tom Brady a check down or a last resort or some sort of safety valve, however you want to phrase it. He's coming out of the backfield. He's as sure-handed as they come. He, Like I said, he's in, in a PPR, even half-point PPR monster. You want him out there because he's going to catch a handful of balls each week. The problem is he's not finding the end zone all too often, but even without that uh, touchdown production, he's making his catches and his runs count. He's averaging just around 10 points a week, and if he could happen to find the end zone, that's going to put him into the 15-16 range, which is a great output, especially if you're starting him in your flex because you likely didn't draft him all that high. But he could probably go as high as a uh, running back two in this week against Cleveland. Um, I mean, I could even say it higher, but I don't want to be too, too bold here. Uh, anywhere from 12 to 15 points, I think he's uh, he's going to provide you against Cleveland. I think he's a solid play. Solid. And your sit. Yeah, same matchup, different team. Uh, Nick Chubb, who I will openly admit has been killing it this year, uh, looks absolutely fantastic. But he's playing the Patriots defense. And I, I wrote for myself here notes, uh, Patriots defense, sit. And then I stopped writing. But, <laughs> but look what they did to Lev They're Bell last good. week. You know, um, they, they took Lev Bell and removed him from the game almost altogether. Uh, it's just... They take away your top option. They're going to have Stephon Gilmore blanketing Odell Beckham. Jarvis Landry is going to get locked down by the rest of the secondary and the linebackers. There's just not much about the Cleveland offense that scares me or shows me they're going to open up a lot of running lanes for Nick Chubb. And what the Patriots have done this year on defense is lock down those passes that backs were catching and then taking for 20, 30-yard chunks at a time. We haven't seen that happen a lot, and I think that's due in large part to the talent that we have at linebacker, but also the scheme that Gerard Mayo as a linebacker coach is drawing up. Uh, I think he's made a huge difference and he's not get a huge difference and he's not getting really a lot of recognition for it, at least, you know, from the from the media. So again, Nick Chubb would not play him this week. It's a tough matchup. I don't think he's gonna yield you anything even more than the five, maybe six points tops, and that's not what you drafted him to do. Yeah, and so just real quick, because this, in again, this is a historic defense right now, New England. Um, so you should be scared anytime you see NE come across on one of your players' schedules. Um, Bill Belichick's going to sit there and go, okay, Baker Mayfield beat me. Yeah. Exactly. You really think that Baker Mayfield's going to beat Bill Belichick? And here's the thing. Nope. The Pats are going to rush four, make him stand in the pocket. You know what? You know what Baker's been really bad at? Football. Sitting in the pocket, yeah, yeah and yeah. football, and <laughs> throw, and all you gotta do is toss a linebacker out there to to spy um, Baker, and then just stop Chubb. If you do those two things, you're going to easily sh- probably shut the Browns out. Yeah, I think you see the exact opposite of what they did to Sam Darnold with the zero blitzes, and they just hang back in coverage this week, like you're saying. Right? They, they don't need to rush Baker because Baker makes better <laughs> the more decisions. Just whipping the ball. Yeah. Out. The more right. times yeah. the worse. Make it's Baker good. think. <laughs> Right, exactly, and he'll fail. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, and they're Sorry, gonna, they're fans. gonna, they're gonna lose their head too. Like they've already come out. Landry's already come out saying, Baker's "Oh, we're already gonna come win." Saying, "Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna do great." Do you see him backpedal off that instantly too? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Oh, 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 um, but Craig, you want to take her? Who's next up? I don't even know. Running back set of the week. Craig, yeah, Craig. so uh, mine is Frank Gord. I kind of alluded to it a little bit uh, when I talked about Josh Allen. Um, I think that this week is going to be a lot more pass heavy for the Buffalo Bills. I think they're going to have to keep up a little bit. Um, not saying that, uh, you know, I shouldn't say that they need to keep up with Philadelphia because Buffalo has a good defense, but I think it's just going to be more work is going to be in the air, and I don't really think much is going to be on the ground. If anything, again, I think Singletary is going to be more involved this week. Again, last week he was only in for you know a few plays because it was his first week back. And so this week I really don't see much out of Frank Gore at all. So there's, there's really not much to point out. It's just going to be all-around down game for their rushing uh, attack this week against Philadelphia, who's you know obviously one of the best rush defenses in the league. Yeah. Um, my sit is uh, David Montgomery. Um, if you drafted David Montgomery, you're wishing that you hadn't drafted David Montgomery. Uh, Matt Nagy doesn't know how to co- coach football, so until <laughs> well, he learns how to do that. he's taking over the play calling. Yeah, but he said he's not an week. idiot. Huh? Nagy's taking over the play calling this week for, for, for the offense. 
Okay, well, he should have done that a long time yeah, ago. So, so until he proves that this team can actually play NFL and offensively run the football, wait, you got to sit David Montgomery. They're going to so, play NFL? Can you describe what that is to me? So, so it's, it's uh, <laughs> play 60, 60 minutes of football uh, in the National Football League. That's what the Bears need to do. So, run the ball 20 times Tom, a game. Tom, let yeah. Craig freaking talk. No. God damn it. <laughs> no, it was not, it's not really much, but I was just going to say. Scott is so angry. So he obviously uh, thinks that his offensive coordinator is an idiot then because last week he goes, I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to run it seven times. And so this week he's the, the, the offensive coordinator, huh? I didn't know that. I he, had no idea. He's starting to call plays this week. And I'm against Tom with this. I think Dave Montgomery's in a great spot. Uh, I think this is the week he's going to bounce back and have a big game. So Chicago is playing who again? I know I know I have this up. It's the Chargers, right? Yes. Yeah, which have been completely weak. They have so many injuries. Yeah, they do. Have, yeah, I, I think it's a when's Derwin James him. back? Is he coming back next soon? week? It's next week. So he just came out week. of his walking boot at the beginning this, of this week. This there, there's there's a lot to be proven here. Is is my thing? And I really don't David Johnson. I mean, I mean David Montgomery. Yeah, if, rough. So tough. I don't so know. If he Nagy, hasn't even looked good on the field when he's been. So if ball, Nagy right? is calling the plays, that tells me one thing. If if Tariq Cohen's on your your uh, waivers, go pick him up because he used Tariq Cohen into the ground last year when he realized that Jordan Howard could not run. But they used Jordan Howard so much at the, at the end of last season. He's well. He let up on him towards like the the middle. No, to, like he, I think Jordan did. Jordan Howard have like two hundred and twenty touches on like some crazy. Yeah, on number. the season. Yeah. yeah. But towards the end of the season, he used Jordan Howard a lot. Well, he also used Terry Cohen a lot because I remember trading for him, and he ended up getting Anyways, a ton of I think it's – I'm against Tom here. I think David Johnson's fantastic. Uh, David Montgomery. Yeah. Uh, it's probably a bad sign I can't even say his freaking name because he's been so bad. <laughs> it's an afterthought. Yep. All right. Um, sorry, Tom. I kind of cut you off on that. That's what we do. Top shelf fantasy, baby. Yeah, just let me talk, Scotty. Come on, man. Sorry. <laughs> All right, Scotty's RB sit of the week. <laughs> you can say it. Uh, Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay. Craig's best um, friend. Philip Lindsay. So he, he's technically a I think RB seventeen right now in the year. So you start him as your RB two. Don't. Um, Royce don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> the last couple weeks, Royce Freeman has averaged around sixty percent of snap counts to Lindsay's like. 45, I think, 46%. They're getting relatively around the same touches. Before, Lindsey was getting the touchdowns and the big runs. Last week, in the red zone, Royce, Royce, <laughs> Royce Freeman was in the red zone. He was getting the touches by the goal line. Royce Freeman is now the pass, the, the pass catching back in Denver. Phil Lindsey is not that at all. They were down, and whenever they were on the third and long or even the third and short in shotgun, it's Freeman. It's not Lindsay, and I see that going forward. So um, I'm not saying Royce is far su- superior than Lindsay, but don't think that Lindsay's a better player than Freeman um, this week. I would bench him for Royce Freeman, to be honest, but that's my take. Um, my wide receiver start is Golden Tate. This is his fourth week back. Um, he's finally getting used to the offense. Week one, six t- targets. Week two, nine. Week three, 11. Um, Sterling Shepard's likely out once again. They're facing Detroit. I think he's in line for at least 10 more targets. Um, six to seven catches. Close to 100 yards and maybe a touchdown. So he's a good start. He's only 76% on, which I think is still pretty crazy. Yeah, it's low. You would think a guy getting these this volume of targets is... and the name alone. I mean, even if he wasn't, just the name and he's back. So I mean, I don't he, know. he did what three or four seasons in a row with a thousand yards. Like, I think so. Yeah, he's like one of the yeah like he was like one of the most consistent butter series in that span, and he played great against New England. Yeah, on a Thursday night. Yep. So that should that that tells you something. It does. Um, Calvin Ridley is my start. I'm gonna, I'm going to try this again. Uh, there's no Mohamed Sanu. Um, if Matt Ryan doesn't play, I mean, this probably isn't such a good start, uh, but I still think that there's going to have to be some volume in this game. Devontae Freeman has just been completely underwhelming. Ito Smith might not even play. Um, they're going to have to win this game in the air. Uh, so with or without Matt Ryan, I, there's going to be volume to go around. There's no reason Calvin Ridley can't be 
uh, one of the contributing wide receivers. Um, and with no Muhammad Sanu, obviously, there's going to be more targets to go Ridley's way, or they go Julio's way, and then he busts again for the second week in a row. But <laughs> yeah, so if Matt Ryan doesn't go, I just looked it up. The backup quarterback appears to be Matt Schaub. Hey, so. I did not know he was still playing football. I did not know he's that been, either. He's been on the team, that team for like four to five years. And he might just go out and sling it. So you never even know if that's really a bad thing. Oh, uh, <laughs> he'll throw the picks, but he'll, he's never cared. Yeah. <laughs> Some in Houston, he's I'll throw him, those him, picks. Him and Fitzpatrick uh, <laughs> playing so, together. So Schaub magic? Schaub magic. <laughs> um, speaking of Ryan Fitzmagic, um, I have his favorite weapon as my wide receiver start this week. Um, Caitlin Balash. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was Josh Rosen's favorite. Wait, guys, weapon, I had a joke which too. Which is why the he's opponents. Not like, wait, no, I got a joke. Guys, the opponents' defensive backs. <laughs> nice, nailed it. Um, <laughs> I, I got nothing. I, I, I actually don't understand it, but we'll we'll move on. He throws, he throws, throws, throws that pick, dog. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so anyway, he is going to sling it. Um, so he has Pittsburgh, who obviously with with Miami's defense, uh, they're going to be down a lot, and so they're going to be passing a lot. And while uh, Fitzmagic has been the quarterback, Devontae Parker Parker had seventy five receiving yards in week one and then got a touchdown last week and the touchdown of the week before so he's looked towards parker every single time that he's been out there and i think that he's going to do that again against pittsburgh who's you know pretty decent um you know they're not that great is what i'm saying against uh, the the pass and you know there's been a lot of long balls against them Devontae parker is definitely a 50 50 wide receiver who's going to be able to go up and get it from Fitzmagic this week Yep, I agree with you. Um, Fitzmagic's going to lead me into my point about Larry Fitzgerald. Nailed it. Uh, he's my wide receiver start of the week. He's facing a very weak and very underwhelming defense in New Orleans. The one highlight of their defense is Marshawn Lattimore, for sure. But if Christian Kirk goes, Lattimore is more than likely going to stick to him instead of Larry Fitzgerald. So that give that should even open up more space for Fitz to work. Uh, he's proven to be one of Kyler's favorite, most reliable targets. I mean, he's been all of his quarterbacks' most reliable target for his entire career, and this year's really been no different. He's a must-start this week. Uh, again, what should be a high-scoring performance, got to have him in your lineup. And a person that you should not have in your lineup, uh, my wide receiver sit of the week, Keenan Allen, also our buy low of the week. I think there's not really a lot of faith in Keenan Allen swirling around the TSF crew right now. Uh, he's got the hamstring injury, letdowns in the last few weeks. He had a hot start. He just hasn't maintained it. I wouldn't let that faith that he gave you in the beginning of the season carry you to keep playing him week in and week out. Since Hunter Henry's come back, Keenan Allen has been an afterthought. They're still playing the Chicago defense. I have no interest in Keenan Allen this week whatsoever. They've already come out and said he's going to be limited even if he goes, whether that's you know a decoy or maybe not so truthful. It doesn't matter to me. Chicago's going to lock him down. If he does have a hamstring injury, he's a high chance of a re-injury. It's just not worth the risk. Keep him on your bench, please. And my wide receiver sit is Tyler Boyd. Uh, this week he plays against the Los Angeles Rams, and that is Jalen Ramsey's territory. Uh, that is Boyd's the number one. Uh, Tate, I believe, is going to be the number two, and then Alex Erickson is going to be the number three. And this year he's been shut. Uh, Ramsey, you know, hasn't played that much, but last week against Atlanta, uh, he pretty much did shut down Julio Jones. He did finish with a respectable fantasy day. Uh, Julio Jones with six receptions at 93 yards. How else, however, outside of one catch, it was just five receptions for 54 yards. And that's really good against a top talent like Julio Jones. And Tyler Boyd is definitely not going to be. Uh, you know, anything close to what Julio Jones actually is. So Tyler Boyd this week is going to get shut down, see more to Tate, see more to Erickson, and uh, that's why that's why I have Tate as a sit this week. I mean, really, it's Jalen Ramsey, need I say more? Yeah, I mean, and he... Jalen just showed up for the Rams and like, hey, go shut down Julio, and he did a pretty good job. Um, my sit is Alshon Jeffrey. Again, that offense looks lost. Um, I know Alshon's been having a decent season, but I think that um, our wide receiver starts um, are better than Alshon Jeffrey this week. Golden T, Calvin Ridley, Devontae, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, <laughs> Larry Fitzpatrick, Devontae Parker, um, Larry Fitzpatrick, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, Devontae Parker. I got too much Fitzmagic on my mind. 
Uh, but yeah, I mean Carson Wentz has been struggling. Alshon Jeffrey's going to end up struggling. The offense again, just it just it looks lost. All right, and my wide receiver sit is Emmanuel Sanders. Kind of tied to my quarterback sit. Um, Garoppolo, new weapon there. It's his first week. Temper expectations. Don't get too over excited. It's kind of funny because he's my wide receiver sit compared to my QB Sam and Tom's, and then. Craig has Philip Rivers sat. Dallas has Keenan Allen sat. So these offenses, these quarterbacks are sitting. Their star receivers should be sitting too. And my uh, my bonus start. Yeah, so we're changing it up. Yeah, we're changing it up. We're all not doing one tight end start. We'll do that at the end. Um, so we're going to get you a little bonus. A little bonus. Bonus. My bonus star is Jamal <laughs> Williams for the Packers. Um, he had a great game two weeks ago. Even last week he had... Um, 11 points. Aaron Jones is still the lead guy there, but they're facing Kansas City, and we've seen this in the last couple weeks. Two running backs on opposing teams can both have great games. He's still in the passing game. If the, if there's it's one of the best you know handcuffs or RB twos on a team in the league, it's Jamal Williams. I just think he's going to have a great game as well as Aaron Jones. Great flex play. Yeah, I mean. Seriously, we've seen this time and time again. Jamal Williams is Devontae Booker. He doesn't go away, and he produces. So, I mean, if you think Aaron Jones is the dog there, um, you know, you might want to, again, look at – take the name away and look at what, what that backfield's been doing. Uh, my bonus start or flex start or whatever you want to call it is Carlos Hyde. Um, Houston Texans go and play the Raiders this week. If you think that the Houston Texans aren't going to walk all over the Raiders, um, you know, I would advise likely watch that game. Um, Carlos Hyde is going to get some volume. Likely it's going to be a good game script for Carlos Hyde. Sat here and said, it's not sexy. It's not exciting, but you can fall forward into the end zone and that's meaningful for fantasy. Yeah. And my, uh, bonus star comes from the same exact game. Um, Kenny Stills, and I'm really excited for this play. I I really want to see what happens with Will Fuller out. Uh, I really do think Stills is going to step up pretty big in his role and be able to do just as much as everything that Will Fuller could do. And so Oakland just traded their number one corner in Garen Conley to Houston, and they already have the worst-ranked pass defense in all of football. So this is this could be a really big game for Stills. So I'm really excited for this one. Yeah. I like every point you made, and I think Kenny Stills is the perfect replacement for Will Fuller. He should slot in seamlessly. Um, that brings me to my bonus start of the week. I've got Austin Eckler, which kind of flies in the face of what I think we typically do here is with the quarterback and the wide receiver will sit. I have faith in Austin Eckler against the Chicago defense to catch a lot of balls out of the backfield, do some damage in between the tackles, and also I think you're going to see him get some of that goal line work after the Melvin Gordon debacle last week. Um, I think he's kind of proven that, you know, in the time that Gordon was sitting out or holding out, he's proven that he can run the ball. He can be almost in every down back and see a lot of production. I would 100% start him this week against um, Chicago, especially if he's a flex play for you. You might have, you know, kind of tempered your expectations of what he was going to give you when Melvin came back. But I think he's proven the last week or so that he's still worthy of a start. Um, in for me, he's in all of my lineups this week, and uh, you know I'm hoping it pays off, and I hope it pays off for you too. Um, that brings me to my bonus sit and somebody who's in none of my lineups, DK Metcalf. Um, he, you've seen him steadily decline in production over the last three weeks. He doesn't appear nearly as involved as he was in the Seattle offense early on in the season. I just don't see this being a good matchup for him, even against the Atlanta defense, who has been an absolute sieve without Keanu Neal. I look for Lockett to continue to dominate and take the lion's share of the targets. Uh, the Seahawks probably will be up early in this game and then just watch them turn and hand the ball to Chris Carson over and over again. It My sit of DK Metcalf is just as much an indictment of his skill as it is a prediction of the game flow of this particular matchup. I don't think he's going to have any real value, maybe two, three, four points tops, and that's not worthy of being in your lineup. So the New England Patriots made a move this week in going out and getting Mohamed Sanu. Um, and that's someone that Tom Brady wanted in, since the beginning of the offseason. But it's week one for Mohamed Sanu on this offense, and it's going to take some time for him to learn some things. 
Antonio Brown was able to come in and play at least, I think it was 20 to 25-ish snaps, something like that, uh, in his first week. And he's Antonio Brown. He's like the best and most talented and realistically outside of what you see on you know Twitter or any social media. He's really football smart. So he was able to come in and put, produce a, a decent amount of um, you know production for your fantasy lineups, but that's not something that Mohamed Sanu can do. He is not Antonio Brown. He's more on the level of what Josh Gordon was, and it took Josh Gordon about three weeks to get adjusted to the offense when we traded for him in Cleveland uh, from Cleveland about two years ago. So even if Mohamed Sanu does suit up, and even though the, the wide receiver core is decimated, I don't expect a lot from Mohamed Sanu. I don't expect a lot of playing time. And Scott had mentioned at one point, too, that even if he does play, it's going to be more of like a run-blocking kind of role. Uh, so really don't expect much from fantasy from Mohamed Sanu. Sit Jarvis Landry. Sit Brandon Cooks. He has not proved anything in the last couple of weeks. I'd rather sit and wait for him to sh- show me something first. Uh, that offense is just not clicking. All right, we'll get into our tight end start. We're doing this as a, a league now, just one. But I'm going to give this one because we're probably running out of time. So I'm going to give this one to Corey. So these two are kind of Corey's start and Corey's set. These, this is a very, very bold take. And I will, would love I to love hear <laughs> Corey talk about this. Well, I think my tight end starts not so bold, especially with the news that Delaney Walker is out. Johnu Smith is a solid start. You saw what he could do last week in probably limited preparation, probably probably not a ton of first-team reps all week long, new quarterback. I think he has some familiarity with Ryan Tannehill because they both weren't first-team players for most of the season. Um, I think John Rue is going to continue to have solid production. Uh, he has proven to be a, a stellar athlete. He uh, makes, a lot of, makes a lot of his yardage after the catch, which you like to see. Um, he's taken a screen this year for like 51 yards. He had a few passes over 25 last week. I think he's pretty safe as a start. Tight end sit on the other hand is Travis Kelsey. And it's not such an indictment of Kelsey, but just an indictment of his uh, production as a whole. The last few weeks, he's been around like seven to eight and that's not what you look for from him. And that's maybe he's still a safe start as far as the tight end landscape as a whole goes. But that's with Patrick Mahomes. If Mahomes doesn't go, which he's not going to this week, I think you see Kelsey take a giant hit in production. You see a lot more running. You see him, who's a great a great blocker. I think you see him out there blocking a lot more and a lot less involved with, uh, I don't even know their quarterback at this point, Matt Moore. Matt Moore. Yeah. Um, with him not really a proficient guy and spreading the ball around, I think you might see one or two deep shots to like a Tyreek Hill. Even McCole Hardman might get a fly route. But... I don't think that they're going to be the offense that we're used to in KC, and I think Travis Kelsey at best is going to give you like three to four points, which with how difficult the tight end uh, <laughs> tight position end. has been, yeah, you, you know, he could be a top 10 that week, but he's still not startable um, for me this week. You know, once Patrick Mahomes comes back, I'll have that conversation. I love it. Yeah. I mean, pick up John New Smith. He's probably on your free agency. So yeah, most likely. and if you have a Travis Kelsey, you can one hundred percent go pick up a John New Smith and play yeah. him instead, and it's a safer play this week. Right. It's bold, but I like it. Very good. That's what we're about here. Uh, sleepers and dart throws. That's a dart. In, That's in, a in the air. gun. Like, it's like an exploding. Uh, have you seen me throw? Um, my sleeper of the week is Deontay Johnson. Um, if you think James Washington's the number two wide receiver there, again, take name away from numbers and what you see on the field. Deontay Johnson's the guy that's been on the field. They come coming fresh off of bye. They play Miami. So, Scotty, how you doing? My sleeper is Olabissi Johnson. Or it was. Or it never was. It never will be. He played last night. Didn't do well. Two catches for 23 yards. That's a big miss. Craig? So I have a pretty good write-up on the website for Royce Freeman. Um, I know that uh, a lot of the points that Scott had made on Philip Lindsay go along with Royce Freeman as my sleeper this week. Uh, the trend is starting to continue to Freeman's direction. Sanders is out, more passing. Freeman's getting the passing work. Um, he's now getting the goal line work. You saw right away, first goal line work, first carry, unlike Sony Michelle, got it in right away. So I, I like Royce Freeman uh, this week and going forward. 
Yeah, my uh, sleeper is Ted Ginn this week. I mentioned earlier the over-under for this matchup is 48.5. It should be more like 78.5. In any case, you hammer the over. Uh, expect Ginn to find a lot of space to work with. His production with Bridgewater has been very, very comparable to his production with Drew Brees. He's still seeing an average of about five-plus targets a week. And more importantly than that, he's hauling in these targets for catches. Uh, he hasn't found the end zone, really, maybe I think once this season he has. So if he could happen to cap a big playoff with a touchdown, he's got a good favorable matchup to make that happen. Um, you know, play him. Good sleeper. And our dart throws, boys. Yeah, I got Justin Hardy. Sanu's gone. Maybe he does something. I don't know. I got Gunnar Olszewski who is actually the punt returner, so uh, punt returner and kick returner. So outside of the one catch he may get on offense, shooting for the moon on the kick return. He had a nice one last week. Yeah. So he plays yards. for New England. Oh, yes, Everyone. wide receiver for New England. Yes. <laughs> if you're not a fan of passing, wait, what? Yeah, Gunnar Olszewski. Yeah, it's what a dart throw is. Yeah, but they didn't need to see what team it's on. Nah, nah. nah. <laughs> uh, mine's Brian Hill, the third straight backup running back now to Atlanta. So... To Tom, yeah, Ryan Switzy, uh, Ryan Switzer, he plays for uh, Pittsburgh. If Deontay doesn't do it, it's uh, he does punt returns, <laughs> kick returns, offense, defense. He's what a boy! Quad defecta, punt return, kick return, <laughs> defect, defensive touchdown, and offensive touchdown. Ryan Switzy <laughs> dropping a forty burger. Yeah, and he, and he stinks at all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Switzy, babe. <laughs> all right, so Craig, those, I want to take us out. Those are our dart throws. Uh, this was our stardom and sit podcast with our sleepers. Next one we're going to get into, if you stick with us, is going to be a really fun, really quick, Just listen to the really, next really interesting, <laughs> let's see what happens <laughs> kind of podcast. We're going to be drinking a lot in this one. It's so, going to be dangerous. For Scott, hey. for score, for Corey, for Tom, Scorey. I am. That's what they call me, Scory, baby. Scorey. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. I am Craig. This is Top Shelf Fantasy. Stay fluid. Stay loose. Stay